This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. I always say I'm excited for this episode, so I will say I'm excited, but... Obviously, this may not feel like an exciting time. We probably sound like a broken record because the stock market is falling, but I am excited. I am excited to talk to you and I'm excited to pick up some bargains. Yes, bargains galore out there at the moment with what's going on in markets. And uh, we're going to have a look today at what some of the world's best investors are buying. We're comparing the pair between Warren Buffett and Kathy Wood. The Opposite ends of the investor spectrum, yes. one could say. And uh, taking a look at what they have been buying over the last quarter or so, given the current market conditions. They might be opposites, but I think there's things we can learn from both of them. I'm sure there so are. So we're not just going to list the companies. I'm sure there are. They're, <laughs> they're experts. So uh, before we crack in, though, um, we are very excited if we're keeping the excited vibe, very excited that FinFest is fast approaching. Tickets for FinFest are going live on the 9th of June. So in a couple of weeks time to get early bird access, all you need to do is head to equitymates.com slash FinFest and register your details. You only get exclusive access to, to the early bird tickets if you are registered. Uh, so head to equitymates.com slash FinFest. Head to our Instagram uh, and also on that website, we'll give you more information on what FinFest actually is. Uh, it's a day uh, where we're going to have over 25 or 30 sessions hosted by some of the best investors from around Australia, uh, covering topics across all levels of investing experience. So whether you are an absolute beginner or you are approaching Warren Buffett status, this is going to be the festival for you. Combine it with DJs, food trucks, entertainment. It's going to be a day that is a lot of fun down at Barangaroo. So tickets aren't going to be expensive. Uh, they're going to only be 37 bucks for early bird. Uh, so make sure you get on that. Tickets available from the 9th of June. 
We're pumped. All the education of an Equity Mates podcast with the vibe of Big Day Out. That's it. Big Day Out. That's super old. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say stereo. Coachella. I was going to say stereo Sonic, but then I. It's not. You don't have to wear a singlet and go to the gym for six months to be able to go in. I have been. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bryce will not be running around topless until the after party. <laughs> until the after party. So it's on the fifteenth of uh, October. It's going to be awesome. And Sydney at this stage next year, who knows? But um, we we won't make it to year two unless this one's a success. So uh, we would love to all see you down at FinFest in October. All right. Anyway, Bryce, before October, there is six months of market, well, five months of market turmoil to get through. Um, before we get to Buffett and Kathy Wood, let's just talk about how we're going, how we're navigating this uh, moment because this podcast is about us learning in public and um, let's learn in public. Okay. Let's make mistakes in public. What, um, how, how's your portfolio? Like, what do you, have you done anything? Well, I think this time last week I sat here and said, hand on heart. I have never, I haven't sold anything. Okay. Uh, times have changed. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> All I've, I've sold one stock, part of one stock. haven't done the full, um, not really sure why, but I've, I've sold part of my satire holding okay, because it was just an absolute dog's breakfast. I think I was down 86%. Yeah. Uh, and something that I've been thinking about recently is the reallocation of capital into better opportunities yep. and we're moving into tax time as well. Yeah. So going to take a few capital losses uh, into tax time. So I've been thinking about this tax loss harvesting as well. So for people that may not be across how that works, 30 seconds or less, why does it matter for your tax? Or well, you can claim a, a, a tax loss on any sort of capital gains that you might be claiming for that year as well, or you can carry that tax loss through to subsequent years. Uh, sorry, that capital loss through to subsequent years. So you lose $100 on a stock, yeah. you sell it, yeah. and then you make $100 on a stock later. That $100 loss, as long as you report it at the time, yeah. uh, well, at the, the, in that tax year, you can offset that loss against the future gain. Yeah. So you don't pay tax on the future gain. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people have lost. Yeah. And so this is a moment to think, are there any positions that aren't worth holding on to that are a bit of a dog's breakfast? Because looking at my portfolio, there's certainly some dogs in there. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm, I'm going to do the same. Yeah. Uh, I am going to sell some, uh, crystallize those losses, report those losses this tax year, and then hopefully make some gains in the future. Yeah. And when, when <laughs> That's the a bit TBD. <laughs> but I think it's also an opportunity cost for me as well. Like I don't have infinite amount of dry powder but I do want to be taking advantage of some of the opportunities that are popping up so I, I am taking a look at my portfolio and figuring out yeah what are some of those positions that um, you know either have done have done well enough on or uh, yeah that are have taken a bit of a hit and, I, and I've caught it's kind of lost my conviction and the thesis is broken a little yeah. so um, I think that's crucially important though is that I'm not just selling things that are down for the sake of them, for the sake of tax. I'm, I am selling things that I feel I've lost conviction in and or, and my thesis is broken. I think that's crucially important to understand. Nice. Have you bought anything? Uh, well, I've just continued to um, put into gear and, and G-Just, so the, the leveraged ETFs. Obviously, the G-Just, which is the one over in the States, has taken more of a hit than the one here in Australia. And I have a bit of a, a watch list. I'm still remaining patient though. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I think we're in a great opportunity at the moment. I'm just going to wait a little before I start doing individual stocks. 
Fair um, enough. But I haven't changed my DCA ETF strategy. Mm. Yeah. So the ETFs and the stocks there that Bryce spoke about obviously are related to his personal investing strategy and his investing goals and yep. – you know, you've got to make your own decisions about what securities, what ETFs, what stocks are right for your portfolio and the, you know, right level and right time and all of that stuff. So just wanted to make clear that Bryce is not a model that you should emulate. He is an- <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even look <laughs> as at he, me. As he tells me every day, he's his own person with his own <laughs> hopes and dreams. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm the same. Well, I'm being a little bit less patient than you, I think. Because for me, it's like, you know, if something is 50% down and it will end up 70% down, I'm not too worried about getting it at 50. I would be kicking myself if I missed it mm-hmm. and I woke up in a couple of weeks and my patience had had the opportunity pass me by. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't put everything to work. I am going to sell some stuff similar to you to free up some money, but I've I've put a bit to work this week. Nice. Which is both exciting and nerve wracking. Now, nah, well, to your point, like it, you're in. Yeah, you're in. Yeah. So I've had I've had this in the back of my mind for a while, and I haven't had a good spot to put it in any of our content. And okay. we produce a lot of contents. Yeah. Um. So I'm just gonna drop it in here, <laughs> okay. which is um, when you think about the stocks that are gonna do really well out of this moment, mm-hmm. and we always you everyone is using the analogy of two thousand because. In 2000, 2001, tech stocks collapsed and a bunch of tech stocks went out of business, pets.com being the famous example. But out of that wreckage emerged Amazon. Well, Google IPO'd in 2004, but um, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, they all emerged and then, you know, are the dominant companies that we see today. Yeah. I think it's important to stress that they weren't unknown companies. So Apple and Microsoft obviously had been around for a while, but Amazon had only IPO'd a couple of years earlier, but it was incredibly well known. Mm. Jeff Bezos was Time's Man of the Year in 1999. Mm. So when you're thinking about this moment and you're analogizing in your head back to 2000, don't think that the stocks that emerge out of this are the unknown ones. The stocks that did the best out of 2000 were incredibly well-known. Now, there were ones that didn't do as well, like IBM, HP, Dell. Like They all were around that time and you know they didn't have the same story as the Amazon, the Microsoft and the Apple. So you still have to do the work and find the right ones. But don't think that it's necessarily going to be a company that no one has heard of before. Yeah, Jeff Bezos was literally time man of the year the year before and Amazon was probably the best example of coming out of that moment Mm. so anyway it was just a little tidbit that i had but i thought it was relevant when people are thinking about the possibilities of this moment the opportunities of this moment don't think it's like some stock that no one's ever heard of before that's not what you need to find here you just need to find the best company yeah peloton (laughs) (laughs) that is not the best company by the way (laughs) i want to make that very clear what we haven't seen is the bankruptcies and we spoke about this last monday with the junk early in the piece though yeah i know but um it's just an interesting one i think you know like funding markets are drying up interest rates are rising stocks are falling it feels like that is a domino that will tip over at some point some of these like Massively. Yeah, but let's let's also be clear and not forget that uh, this could be two years of slow pain. So, like, um, do, you want, do you want to know a fun stat that I heard on another podcast? Sure. Uh, there have only been four times in 
either the last hundred years or stock market history, I think the last hundred years in the US, that the market has seen two down years in a row. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, 1929 to like 1931, that was three. How am I going to remember this off the top of my head? So, yeah, 1929, then the year, couple of years after that, Great Depression. 1939 and 1940, World War II. Then two years in the 70s, like 73, 74, and then uh, 2000 and 2001. Hmm. But if you think about the other ones, like 87, big crash. But then 2008 almost made it. Eight, well, 2008 was the nine. down year, but then uh, nine, the recovery yeah. started. Uh, nine was bad. Yeah. The start of nine was bad, but then, then it got, came through. Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't have to recover from where it was. The year it just had to be yeah, up yeah, for yeah. the year. Yeah. So, um, if that stat is wrong, I am going to defer all blame and say I heard it on another podcast <laughs> this morning. Um, but I think that's an interesting stat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know what it means. Don't know but- what to do about it, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ren. Well, let's um, let's get moving with comparing the pair. Warren Buffett, who obviously is well known with his Berkshire Hathaway, and Kathy Wood, who had uh, became cult status during during uh, the COVID years, where her Ark Invest funds went absolutely gangbusters with her high conviction on on some of the the best performing growth stocks. And uh, she continues to double down, which we'll get to in a second. But let's start. She continues to double down with one really notable and interesting exception. Yeah, let's get to that in a okay. second. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with Warren Buffett, who we who we've um, spoken about, you know, a number of times on the show, TikTok. Um, he's been holding cash. Well, but in this in this context, he's been holding a lot of cash of of late. Hundred and forty four billion, I think, was the peak. Uh, over the last uh, year or so, and he kept sort of saying that he felt there weren't many great opportunities out there for him to to invest in, but now he's putting the cash to use. Yeah. Everyone was like, what the? US Treasuries don't pay anything and you, that's all you're buying. Yeah. Um, but he is buying now and year to date, the S&P 500 is down 17%. I think it's actually more since I pulled that number. Berkshire is up 2%. So not a massive gain, but relative to the overall stock market, this is these are He's Buffett's, outperforming. These are Buffett's moments. Yeah. Uh, in, he had a decade of being ridiculed in the 90s and then he showed everyone in the early 2000s. Leading up to the GFC, everyone was like, ah, Buffett, he's too old. And then he showed everyone in the GFC and yeah. he's doing it again. Yeah, yeah. So biggest headline, he's doubling down on Apple. Big. So he bought another $600 million of Apple. I, th- I remember the first time he bought it, everyone was like, oh my God, he's bought Apple. He's, he's said for so long he doesn't understand tech. He's staying away from it. Went large, made an absolute killing from it. It's now one of his largest holdings and uh, and he's doubled down another $600 million in what is one of, I think it's the second most valuable company in the world now behind, or was a couple of weeks ago behind Saudi Aramco. Yeah, right. Oil yeah. prices. Oil prices, yeah. Berkshire owns about 5% of Apple mm. um, and that's not a small amount of money. No, but he has- I'd love to have it. 100, 100 billion large. Well, yeah. Cash. If you call Apple 2 trillion market cap now, they own about 5%, 100 billion. Um, so 600 million is small in the scheme of things. Yeah, so, it's a top up. It's a top up. Yeah. It's a nibble. Yeah, it's a yeah, nibble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't take a full bite out of Apple. He, um, yeah, anyway, you get it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking of tech, he also invested in another technology company. And of all the technology companies that are down at the moment and just 
just, you know, potentially big bargains. You wouldn't have expected this one. HP. Hewlett Packard. Yeah. He's done it again. Invested $3.7 billion in Hewlett Packard for a 11.4% stake. He's back in tech. Yeah, I think this is just for the dividend though, apparently. Some of the reporting around it is... Yeah, right. Yeah, not exactly the sexy tech. No. The Buffett's still staying away school. from... Yeah. yeah. Apple, HP, he's coming around. Yeah. Um, but look, that's not the story. I think the real story is energy stocks. Mm. So um, he topped up his position in Chevron and then Occidental. Have you seen like... Heard of, not really across though. So they have been probably Buffett's, fa- Berkshire's favorite energy company for years now. Yeah, like I, I don't know a lot about them to be honest, but they um, they have been a Berkshire sort of staple in this space for a while. Yeah, um, right. So topped up the position there as well. Uh, Oxy is the ticker on uh, over in the States if you're interested in doing your own research and learning more. But a few older school tech, Apple and HP, a few energy stocks, Chevron and Occidental, a couple of other stocks, but one in particular that stood out for me was Activision Blizzard. Yeah, it went large. Yeah, and so this is a merger arbitrage bet. So let's explain what that is. Go for it. (laughs) Okay. So when a takeover is announced, a takeover price is announced, the share price of the company that is being acquired will move towards the takeover price but not to the takeover price and the gap between the price that's been announced and the share price is basically it reflects the possibility that the deal won't happen and as the deal gets more and more likely as the board votes in favor of it as shareholders vote in favor of it as regulatory hurdles are uh, removed or jumped over in theory that takeover that that share price moves closer and closer to the takeover price because there's it's more and more likely that the deal happens. Mm. And investing in the company at the start of the takeover process process, uh, and then expecting that gap to close is known as merger arbitrage. Yeah. And so that's what they've done with Activision Blizzard. Microsoft have announced the takeover. Yes. And so Buffett is basically saying that the takeover is going to happen. Yeah. So I think Microsoft uh, said that the takeover – target price or what they're going to be paying would be about 95 bucks per share and currently Activision is trading at 77. Okay. Yeah. So that's a decent so, gap. So there that's assuming um Buffett is right then um he's going to make a, a decent margin there. So yeah, make 18 bucks a share on a $77 share price. Good play, big bet assuming it's going to go through but uh look if it doesn't this might not be the end of uh takeover offers for Activision anyway. I think the the counterpoint to that is the Twitter story because the Twitter story is a classic example of a merger arbitrage bet gone wrong. Twitter gets the Elon uh, offer price of 54.20. The rest of tech sells off massively, but there would have been people that invested in Twitter for in this same logic, like Elon's acquiring it at 54.20. It was trading in like the mid 40s, like 44 bucks, something like that, $42. So you're like, oh, well, I'll make up the difference when Elon completes it. But then Elon starts tweeting about bots, Tesla shares lose value, so the value of Elon's collateral goes down. Everyone's getting super nervous. Twitter falls uh, meaningfully. It's now in the 30s, was it? Twitter? Yeah, so it's now trading at 37 and, you know, 
in the last month, it's lost 25%. Yeah, wow. So that's that's the counterpoint. When the merger gets less likely, the gap will Widens. grow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at the Activision price. It's fascinating. So about the 10th of Jan or thereabouts was when Microsoft announced that they wanted to buy Activision at $95 a share. At the time, it was trading at 63 Oof. So huge premium there. Yeah. Uh, it jumped up to uh, about 82 bucks and has really just, despite everything that's been going on in markets, uh, it's only dropped about 5% from its peak. So you're right. It feels like the market are definitely signaling that this is likely to go through um, with the price at the moment. And uh, yeah, if it does, 77 to 95. But that's not to say everyone should go out there and do this arbitrage. Definitely well, comes, no, comes like with risk. The Twitter example is a classic <laughs> yeah, example yeah. of how it goes wrong. Um, the Activision Blizzard, probably why Microsoft had to pay such a big price is because the company had been smashed by all those... Um, the allegations about like the CEO and stuff like that and their workplace culture, they were getting investigated by uh, like a California government department and there was a lot going wrong inside the company. So their share price was down on the back of that. Mm. Anyway, let's get back to Buffett. Activision Blizzard also goes in the portfolio for the merger arbitrage situation. He expects Microsoft to buy those shares off him in the coming months. So let's move through to financials. He's taken a 55... Oh, he's bought 55 million shares in Citigroup, uh, which is valued at about $3 billion. Now, he does love his financials. Um, well, he loves them less than he Yeah, used so he used to yeah. be a massive fan of Wells Fargo. Yeah. Massive fan. First uh, added to the portfolio in 1989. There Wells you go. Fargo, yeah. Huge fan. And I don't think he owns any of it anymore. I think he's sold out almost entirely. Sold the last chunk of it this quarter. Yeah, and... Um, uh, he's also gone into Goldman and JP Morgan, but is, I think, equally becoming a little bit cold on them at the moment. Sold both of them in the last few years. There you go. Sold both in the last few years. I think years. he sold JP and Goldman in 2020. But has now gone $3 billion large on Citigroup. Yeah. So <laughs> interesting uh, Interesting there. I'm not really sure why. He obviously sees something in Citigroup that like, they're undervalued, I guess. But it's an interesting one that he held Wells Fargo from 1989. He held them through the scandal. Do you remember that fake account scandal yeah, that yeah, they had? Yeah. Held them all through that. Held them through the like massive drop in interest rates. And like Wells Fargo does a lot of consumer banking. Smaller interest rate spreads um, hurt those consumer banks. And then he sells the last chunk of it just as interest rates start to rise in America. Yeah. So it's an interesting... Uh, timing conversation but yeah. you know well, i've just got the I'm uh, never gonna doubt him yeah well <laughs> i've just got the financial times up here as well and uh general consensus is also a bit of confusion as to to why he's done it but uh they they close out saying that there was similar confusion when he went large on apple after years of saying he's not going to yeah. touch tech so who knows what the uh, oracle of omaha yeah, yeah knows yeah. in the background yeah. yeah so that's financials he also bought into a company ally financial uh ticker a -L -L -Y, that i think do insurance and a bunch of other financial services this guy loves an insurance company he's never met an insurance company he doesn't want to bring under Loves his wing. Loves yeah. insurance If you company. loved insurance as much as Warren Buffett, it would just make you a better investor. Like if that's what got you up in the morning, like <laughs> insurance, premiums, risk management, reinsurance. Don't get me you, wrong, I'd buy an insurance company. You would buy one? Yeah, the, the float. 
I just I wouldn't know like where to start. Like who is QBE Do you better need to than know? Suncorp? Well, yeah, you should know what you're buying. No, no, no. Just buy them all. Bang. Okay. <laughs> and that is why earlier when we said you shouldn't emulate Bryce Lesky, it's that <laughs> cowboy attitude. <laughs> but look, let's close out the Warren Buffett stuff. Three companies that we couldn't group. Yeah. I'll say them, you give me your thoughts. Paramount Global. Yeah, super interested on Paramount. This um I mean, you look at what's happening in streaming at the moment, very competitive space. You look at what's happened with Netflix, Disney on the, uh, is surging and he's gone large on Paramount. So fascinated to know why. Yeah. Paramount Plus, have you got it? No, don't think I will. I got it for the Uber oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, what? Well, to be fair, I didn't get it. My housemate got it. Yeah. Um, Uber thing is exactly, it, have you watched Billions? Yes. It's similar to that. Like it's I can imagine. No offense to any of our American listeners, but it's very American. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> super pumped. Um, um but yeah, I, I'm sure um it, it's an interesting play. Yeah. For me. What else did he do? Uh Liberty Global. Oh, Liberty Media. Formula One. Formula One. Yeah. Yeah. Uh tick of approval from me, just yeah. because I love Formula One. Uh, every article <laughs> about this was like Oh, I guess Buffett Watch tried to survive. Yeah, potentially, <laughs> potentially. Good market research. I, um, <laughs> I think he probably did some more work. Uh, remembering a com- previous conversation we had with Andrew Brown, he spoke about the Liberty Media companies as some of the most difficult companies to analyze from like a corporate ownership perspective. Now, I don't know if they've straightened that out or anything like that. But again, Buffett does the work to understand this stuff, Yeah, sees it. But yeah, Formula One, not bad. Yeah, not bad. Having a moment. Yes. Will that moment last though? Yes. I haven't watched Drive to Survive. It will last. But I really would love to understand what the split of people who enjoy the sport are and people who enjoy the documentary are. Well, I didn't enjoy the sport and now I love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, do you think if Drive to Survive stopped, you would still be into Formula One? Yeah, yeah. Like I I don't care about Drive. I didn't even finish the last season. I, I knew what happened. But now I watch the season. Oh, okay. That's yeah, like it's my – now I'm just – I'm ahead of the seasons now. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why I think Netflix is going to be fine. Anyway, let's who get has, moving. <laughs> who has the cultural power to get Bryce Lesky to like a new sport? Netflix. Exactly. <laughs> All right, final one, General Motors. If I'm to think about owning a, a car company, I would be going Volkswagen. But um, what do I know? Nothing. Nothing. That's what we've established yeah. this episode. <laughs> no, I see it. I mean um, – Ever, like the charts about the Tesla valuation uh, are pretty crazy, even though it's come off a bit. General Motors, the reason that people are buying it at the moment is because of Cruise, mm. that self-driving subsidiary that they bought. But I don't believe that's the reason Warren Buffett would buy the company. Mr. I don't invest in cutting-edge tech. Yeah, I yeah. invest in cash flow and proven businesses. Yeah. Wouldn't be taking a punt on an autonomous driving startup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got to see something else in General Motors. Um, but I, I found that an interesting one because everything else you read about General Motors, yeah, in yeah. investor letters and stuff like that is- Cruise. You know, cruise, yeah. We've spoken about uh, what he is is uh, selling and that was uh, Wells Fargo, formerly one of his biggest positions and uh, now no longer. So he is also active on the sell side, but still plenty of cash on his balance sheet that uh, I'm sure we'll continue to see him deploy over the next few months if things continue the way they are. He's a super patient investor and waits for moments like this. Yeah, um, he, he spent less than half of the cash on his balance sheet. Yeah. So, and so he said that uh, in the last meeting he wants about 30 bill on in cash or short-term treasuries as just like a buffer, um, but that still leaves 
tens of billions of dollars to yeah. spend. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's turn our attention to Kathy Wood. Before we do, we're going to take a very short break to hear from our sponsors. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. All right, Ren. So uh, we've had we've had Buffett. Now let's turn to the other end of the spectrum: high growth, risk on, pedal to the metal, and that is Kathy Wood and her Ark funds. Now, uh, as we said at the top of the show, launched her uh, her I guess her name into the uh, into the world of investing, particularly during COVID, with a lot of success with her ETFs, huge inflows. Uh, subsequently, her ETFs have taken a hit, but despite the massive sell off going on. Ark does continue to see inflows yeah. into her funds, now which this, is fascinating. This is a dynamic that is worth paying attention to because mm. everyone thought that Ark's ETFs would get blown up in a sell- market sell-off. Everyone investors would redeem their money, which would force Ark to then sell the units of that ETF, and then that pushes the price of those companies further down. But weirdly, and I I genuinely don't have an explanation other than people are buying the dip even though it keeps dipping, is ARK Innovation, their flagship ETF, down 56% this year, down 61% over the past year, down about 20% from where when COVID hit. So all of those COVID gains have been given back and then some. ARK's Innovation ETF, 7.8 billion AUM, assets under management, has seen a net inflow of more than 1.5 billion. Yeah. So I had I had a bit of a read about this. They reckon there's a lot to do with her cult status and there's just such conviction in her and she's such a great marketer. Like she is just she convinces you that despite what's going on in markets, I am doubling down on yeah. my convictions yeah. here. I I am not wavering from the thesis of these companies. The market does like it doesn't matter what's happening right now. I am in this for the long term, and I think as an investor, you want to hear that from some of your fund from the managers that you're giving your money to. Uh, and so I, I can see that she's been able to convince those that are investing in her funds that she's the right person to take control of your money now and take the make the best of this opportunity mm. but it is fascinating huge huge inflows when i would imagine if you were to look at similar etfs both here in australia and around the world you might expect to see some some outflow activity particularly from retail investors we should anyway. actually we should actually look at that what because i actually don't know what has happened but that information is all public we yeah. could have a look at Get etfs and i reckon i would bet my future house on the fact 
that Vanguard's two super vanilla ones, um, Australian VGHS shares or whatever, and, VHS. Uh, yeah, Australian shares, VAS. Yeah, VAS. And then the is. international one would see inflows. Yeah, probably. Like rain, hail or shine. People in Dollar cost averaging <laughs> investors just keep that one ticking along. Well, let's pick that up next week. Yeah. Um, but ARC, so innovation uh, we just spoke about, their genomic revolution ETF down 48% this year. Their fintech innovation ETF down 56% this year. Transparency ETF down 33% this year. The ARC Space Exploration and Innovation ETF down 23% this year. I mean, all of them are down. I saw this funny tweet that I screenshotted. Someone tweeted, they love how all of ARC's funds are increasingly the same. And this is tongue-in-cheek. Like these aren't their actual – these may not be their actual holdings. But genomics, Tesla, Zoom, Roku, Square. Robots, Tesla, Zoom, Roku, Square. Space, Tesla, Zoom, Roku, Square. (laughs) 3D printing, same again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean feckle. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. But the funniest thing I think with ARC – so ARC has become a bit of a meme Mm. ETF. There is a – Inverse Arc Innovation ETF uh, by Tuttle Capital, and it is short Arc's ETF, and it basically tries to give the inverse of Arc's returns. So if Arc's Innovation ETF goes up one percent, it will go down one percent, and vice versa. And as you can as you can guess, uh, this year Tuttle Capital short Innovation ETF. Has had a good year. That's epic. <laughs> I did not know that. It's up 80% this year. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Well, um, oh, that's classic. I really like that. I, I didn't know that existed. Not, I definitely wouldn't be buying it. But um, uh, if you are in it, well done. You've done pretty well this yeah. year. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like it probably a lot of people viewed it as a tactical trade. Yeah. It's like rather yeah. than shorting the S&P 500 yeah, because yeah, like yeah. there's some really established companies in there that make a profit. Uh, this is like the tactical- The growth short. The unprofitable uh, growth, growth short. short. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. So like, look, we probably missed our boat on this one given that a lot of these companies are down like 90%. I mean, who knows? You never. We can never say that they're not going to go- even True, further. We true. As we've learned, a company can fall 10% a day forever. Well, it could fall 90% a day forever. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. But what is Kathy actually buying? Because we've said she keeps doubling down. So let's take a look at some of the stocks that she is doubling down on. Okay. And as you get those stocks up, uh, you name the stocks. I'll tell you how much they're down year to date. All right. So we're going to start with uh, one of the largest positions that she's doubled, if not tripled down on, and that is Coinbase. So in the last two weeks, despite everything that's going on in crypto, which is also being smashed, people saying we're going into a bit of a winter, ARK has added about 860,000 shares into Coinbase. And at current prices, at the time of recording anyway, or writing, this was about a $60 million uh, position. So, Ren, what's the damage on Coinbase? Year to date, yep. down 73%. Oof. Well, I mean, if yeah, she's getting a bargain. <laughs> she is. So, well, then Roku. Well, I think, I think that is going to be the point of a lot of what we, we say here is she's either incredibly right or she's incredibly wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But like more so than like Buffett, you know, like yeah, yeah. The, the bull case and the bear case on HP – like the range of outcomes is a, is a lot smaller band yeah. than like the bull and the bear case for Coinbase. Yes. That range of outcomes is like 
a hundred times your money or lose all of your money, you know? (laughs) Well, let's turn to another and it's Roku. So uh, a streaming platform, it has now become the biggest holding in the ARK ETF, A-R-double-K, overtaking Tesla. Uh, What are we talking here, Ren? A stock that is in favour with a lot of experts we speak to. Down 64% year to date. Okay, not as bad as Coinbase. And Yeah, it's not really something we see a lot in Australia, but if you're interested in Roku, there's uh, it's it's a lot bigger in America. Its technology is being built directly into TVs. I don't really get it, but Mm. Americans seem to really like it. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to go over to the states and do a bit of a a road trip. We're both Apple TV operators over here, so yeah, I guess it's it's like a alternative to that. Yeah, yeah. All right, Zoom, uh, a stock that went nuts during COVID. They've added, what's the damage? Well, you see, they're only down 45% Oh, only 45%. But you know why that is? No. It's because they started falling a lot earlier. They're down down about 75% from like middle of last year. Okay, that makes sense. I just want to say about Zoom, regardless of what you think about the stock, the thing that I am really impressed by is how they became the verb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's it, jump on Zoom. They're yeah. like the Google. We call we we use Google Hangouts because it's free and it's part of it. We well, use we G pay Suite. for it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> but uh when we we still say, are we gonna jump on the Zoom? Do we? Yeah, I think so. I, I say hangouts, but anyway. Do you? Yeah. I've never heard you say that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's keep going. So C, they've added a position in C. It's uh, one of the super apps um, headquartered in Singapore, I yep. think. Yeah, digital entertainment, e-commerce, all things related. What's the damage? Uh, down 66% year to date. Okay, more bargains galore. And then Roblox, oh, one of my favourite companies. Not too favourite though. There are risks involved with Roblox and investing, just making that very clear. Well, here- um, And what's the damage? I, t- I got this in when we, when we IPO'd. So where are we? Are we down? We IPO'd. When, yeah, I'm part of Roblox. <laughs> uh, down 71% year to date. Below IPO price? Yeah, it must be. Uh, or close to it. IPO price 70 bucks by the looks of things. Well, that's yeah. at least the first price on Google. Yeah, it's now around that. 29. Yeesh. So, uh, yeah, you're underwater if you're, on, if you're on Roblox and that's a, a, a bet on the future of uh, online gaming and, and metaverse and those sorts of things. So just to sum up, some of the biggest companies that they're buying are Coinbase, Roku, Zoom, C-Limited, Roblox. Are any of them profitable? Uh Actually, I think a couple of them are. Surely C is. No? Uh, I think Roku might be. Roku's got a PE ratio according to Google. That's the start. Zoom maybe and Coinbase maybe. Do your own research. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's keep moving. But let's keep moving because the really interesting thing here, Kathy Wood, if she's been known about to be an advocate for one company, what is it? Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. Was her biggest holding... Probably draw. I would be interested to know what her returns were in the last three years. Ex Tesla, yeah. Like if you strip Tesla out from the f- fund, reallocated according to the distribution of everything else, um, Tesla drove a lot of their returns. But interestingly, they sold about three hundred thirty-three thousand shares of Tesla in the quarter, worth about two hundred million. Which again sounds like a lot of money. They still own one point seven billion. In the automaker. Yeah, car maker. Yeah. Car maker, robot company. Yeah. But still, they're 
reducing the weighting of Tesla in mm. the portfolio yeah. is, is the headline. Yeah. Because everything else they're buying more of because they've got net inflows, but net they're selling Tesla, which mm. means they've decided that they're, they're going to reduce the weighting of Tesla. Yeah. Well, speaking of weightings, it is the third, still the third largest uh, holding in, in ARC. Uh, Roku is their largest at 8.27%. Zoom, second largest at 785 and then Tesla not too far off at 7.79. So top three uh, and then Exact Sciences and Block uh, close out the top five. Yeah, Block's also been smashed, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, so Coinbase is their ninth largest position at 4.2% and there are a total of 35 holdings in the company. So look, uh, we've been saying that this is an opportunity for investors. Don't uh, take this as a moment of fear and uh, and feeling overwhelmed. We've seen, we, we are seeing the best investors in the world deploying cash at this time. So I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do for everybody, but uh, we said last week that uh, market crashes in hindsight are an opportunity in uh, market crashes in the future are a risk. Um, or the way you look at them. So, uh, yeah, the, the big dogs are doing it. Let me put it this way. Whatever asset class you want to invest in, this isn't a piece of advice about any particular asset class. This is just generally everything is down. House prices are softening. Yeah, I don't think they're down though. But uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway that, that's as good as you get in Australia. Interest rates are up. Face value of bonds is down. Stock market getting smashed. Crypto markets getting smashed. NFTs. Worthless. <laughs> <laughs> I think what? arts, high end arts, still doing very well. Okay. Yeah. And okay. high end luxury cars, very okay. well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to know. Okay. Well, the majority of the asset assets classes are down. So I think this is the moment where whatever you're interested in, um, have a look it's, around. It's exciting. Yes. And so, you know, do your own work. Don't follow Bryce. If we could get that printed on shirts, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. Sell your dogs, buy good stuff. <laughs> All right, Ren. Well, look, before we close out, there's plenty of content in the Equity Mates network. And one of my favorites for this week, and one that I would recommend you definitely go and listen to, is the interview on Crypto Curious. The team sat down with Australian cricket champion and all around good bloke, Steve Smith. We got to shake his hand. We got to shake we his hand. We didn't though. get a photo, though. In classic style, <laughs> Ren and I didn't get a photo. Uh, but yeah, look, go, on, uh, go and listen to that episode with the Crypto Curious team. They dig into. Uh, a bit of uh, of uh, Steve Smith's NFT portfolio. So if you're interested in knowing what is exciting him in the crypto markets, uh, head over to Crypto Curious. What about you, Ren? So Comedian V Economist last week released a episode and Thomas gave a pretty interesting recap on the election. Um, didn't speak about the results, but rather spoke about the four moats that traditionally protected the duopoly parties and how those moats were getting disrupted. So if you didn't think you'd had enough political coverage and you wanted your political coverage with a bit of an economic lens over the top, um, but I just found it a really interesting way to conceptualise and I guess ground the numbers that we saw in some of our business jargon and and the idea of their moats getting disrupted. So um, that was a really interesting one. I'd go suggest giving it a listen. Nice one. Crypto Curious, Comedian V Economist and head to equitymates.com to find out more info on all the other shows in the Equitymates uh, network. Don't forget to head to equitymates.com slash FinFest as well to register for early bird access. You'll only get early bird access if you're on the registration list. But Ren, as always, it's great to chat stocks and uh, we'll pick it up next week. Sounds good. Equitymates Investing Podcast is a product of Equitymates Media. 
All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equitymates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equitymates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast or video. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.